Today on The Matt Wall Show, we'll discuss the very funny but also instructive story of a woman who left America because of its violence and racism and moved instead to Mexico, a country that is, of course, far worse than America in every category and by every measure. Also, five headlines, including Joe Biden continuing to fall apart on camera and uh, supposedly the supposedly surging QAnon movement that the media is talking a lot about. Why are they talking so much about QAnon? We'll talk about that. And in our daily cancellation, I'll cancel Ryan Reynolds for being the latest celebrity to issue a groveling and ridiculous apology. All of that on the way. But first, the show today is brought to you by Policy Genius. You know, even with everything going on, it's still possible to buy life insurance. Not just possible, but it's something that you, you need to do, you should do. It's still easy to, to shop for life insurance right now. And if you have a loved one, any if you have loved ones or, or, or anyone depending on you for um, uh, you and your income, you probably should shop for life, life insurance. Right now, you could save $1,500 or more a year by using Policy Genius to compare life insurance policies. When you're shopping for a policy that could last for a decade or more, those savings really start to add up. What is Policy Genius? Well, it's an insurance marketplace. It's built and backed by a team of industry experts. And it's very simple. Here's how it works. We'll go through the steps. Step one, head to policygenius.com. In minutes, you can work out how much coverage you need. You can compare quotes from top insurers to find your best price. Step two, just apply for your lowest price. And then step three, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and all the red tapes. So you don't even have to worry about Step three, you don't have to worry about. All you got is step one and two. Just go to the site, find the lowest price, and boom, it's as easy as that. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance company. So if you hit any speed bumps during the application process, uh, they'll take care of everything. Look, shopping for life insurance can be pretty stressful, no doubt about it. I've been through it myself, but Policy Genius makes it easy. That's what they're there to do. So if you need life insurance, head to policygenius.com right now to get started. You could save $1,500 or more a year by comparing quotes on their marketplace. Uh, it's as simple as that. Policy Genius, when it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. Policygenius.com. Okay. So an article uh, published this week on CNN is worth a closer inspection for two very excellent reasons. First of all, it's unintentionally hilarious. Second, it reveals the total incoherence and, and rampant self-contradiction of the America is racist and evil crowd. Um, the piece titled, She Packed Her Bags, Quit Her Job in Law Enforcement, and Moved to Mexico After George, George Floyd's Death. That's the title. Tells the story of a woman named uh, uh, Demeteria or Dimitri, Demetria Brown, who, as the title suggests, fled alleged uh, systemic persecution in America and sought refuge in the peaceful utopia of the second most violent country on earth, right behind Syria, by the way. Let's read a little bit from this article. It says, on June 1st, a week after Floyd's death, Brown quit her job as a detention officer for the Los Angeles County Probation Department in the midst of the global coronavirus pandemic. She sold her house, stuffed her belongings into 13 duffel bags, and uh, relocated to Puerto Valerata on the Mexico on Mexico's Pacific coast. Brown, 42, is one of many African Americans leaving the United States permanently for many reasons, including racism and fear of police brutality. Her flight landed in her new hometown on June 25th, a month to the day that uh, Floyd died. We're then informed that a number of black Americans have chosen to engage in what is apparently by some people being called Blacksit. Um, and the article goes on from there. A little bit more from CNN. It says, while there are no official statistics on how many, uh, how many have left the country, black people have turned to social media 
to get insight from those who've relocated, especially to African and Caribbean nations, where some say they feel safer as part of the uh, majority. majority. For Brown, following her heart and living without fear of racism, keep that in mind, meant moving to the resort town 1,200 miles from the city she'd worked as a detention officer since 2004. Um, it also says that she, uh, let's see, she visited Mexico several times before she decided to relocate to the nation, uh, which the State Department says is home to 1.5 million U.S. citizens. That number includes U.S.-born children who've returned to their Mexican parents, uh, American retirees, and digital nomads. Uh, it continues, she calls the move the best decision she's ever made. And it says, while Mexico is not perfect and has its own problems, she says, She's never encountered any racism in the tourist destination made famous by the 1960s film, The Night of the Iguana. Now, we're also told that Brown is a life coach now uh, and a travel blogger. And I admit, I, I don't know much about the life coaching business, but I would highly recommend that if you pay someone to coach you through life and their coaching tip is, 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 is to move to a crime-ridden third world country where severed heads litter the streets, ask for your money back. That's just, that's the advice I would give, all right? Now, granted, Brown, because she is so dedicated to equality and social justice, has chosen to live in a resort town where, you know, rich people go to be pampered by impoverished locals. That's how, that's how socially aware she is. And that should afford her some measure of insulation and protection from the horrors that are a daily part of life for many Mexicans. But that doesn't change the fact that Mexico is, by every conceivable measure, considerably worse than the United States. Let's go through some of those measures, shall we? Mexico's murder rate is seven times higher than the U.S. Police corruption is so bad that entire police forces are arrested for being on the payroll of the drug cartels. What about racism? Well, funny enough, CNN has itself reported that racism in Mexico, quote, hides in plain sight, and that, quote, the best, highest-paying jobs uh, the most important jobs in Mexico, Mexico often seem to go to those who, in addition to having the best education, the strongest connections, have the lightest skin. That's what CNN told us in an article. What about treatment of immigrants? USA Today reports that immigrants in Mexico are treated, quote, much worse than they are in, quote, any other country. Someone who moves to Mexico, especially from countries to the south, faces a significant chance of being kidnapped by a cartel, robbed or extorted by police or other government officials. Um, Mexico is indeed far tougher, both in legal and illegal ways, on immigrants and refugees. And if Brown thinks that, well, at least Mexico is a place where income equality reigns supreme, she is again delusional. The vast majority of the wealth in the country is concentrated in the hands of the elites, while nearly half of the population lives in poverty. By comparison, the poverty rate in the United States is less than 12%. It's like 48% or around there in Mexico, 12% in the United States. Mexico is less safe, less equitable, less tolerant, less progressive, right down the line in every category. Though I'm sure it's still nice in the resort towns, I guess, and, and maybe pretty there. There's pretty views. Provided you don't travel too far outside of them and find yourself getting robbed at gunpoint by a federale or kidnapped and beheaded by a cartel. But this is, as I said, instructive. Those who complain about all of the alleged systemic problems in America tend to have a childishly simplistic, if not hallucinatory view of the issues in question and the world at large. You know, they look uh, through a cartoon lens and believe 
despite a total lack of evidence or logical reasoning that America is uniquely racist, uniquely unjust, uniquely evil, the absurdity of this perspective becomes all the more obvious when they act on it by leaving and seeking shelter on some other country's shores. Because the fact is that wherever they choose, especially if they choose Mexico, but the same holds true almost anywhere else, they will end up somewhere that has quite a bit more of whatever it was they were trying to escape. In fact, they may well find themselves in a place where the cartoon in their head has come to life. Police in America are not prowling the streets, robbing and murdering innocent people for no reason, despite what BLM tells us. It's not happening. It is not happening. Police in Mexico actually are doing that. People like Brown you know, invent problems that don't exist in America and then move to countries where they really do exist. And that is, that is the great irony here. So, you know, the response to America haters for a long time from the other side has been, hey, if you, if you don't like it, get out. Um, and the interesting thing is that I guess now, according to CNN, some of the America haters are saying, okay, fine, we will. But it's only proving the point of the other side because they get out and go to a place that's way, way worse. Because as it turns out, you know, the United States of America is certainly not a perfect country by any means. There are changes to be made. There are things to improve. There always will be. Because countries are human institutions and we are a fallen species. And that's just the way it's going to be. Uh, so you keep working to make it better. But in spite of all that, America is uh, in a much better position and in a much better state, again, by almost any measure when compared to nearly every other country on earth. And, and by the way, that's especially the case, especially the case when it comes to issues like racial tolerance. Racial tolerance in many other countries, um, especially non-Western countries, isn't even a, a, a concept. It's not, it's not even something that is, it, it's, 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 there is no real concern for it. It, is, it isn't even discussed on an aspirational level. Meanwhile, the United States of America, being the most diverse country on earth with 330 million people of many different races and backgrounds and ethnicities, all living together. I mean, if you, if you tried that experiment in many other countries, it would be a total unmitigated disaster. Um, and uh, here it works better than it would work anywhere else. And that's just the simple fact of the matter. Let's move on to our five headlines. Well, these are always uh, fun. Joe Biden was interviewed by, I believe, Yahoo News and was asked whether he would take a cognitive test. Uh, and his answer, you might say, proves why he needs one. Watch. Have you taken a cognitive no, test? No, I haven't taken a test. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not. What do you think, huh? Are you a junkie? What do you say to President Trump, who brags about his test and makes your mental state an issue for voters? Well, if he can't figure out the difference between an elephant and a lion, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Did you watch that? Look, come on, man. I, I, I know you're trying to goad me, but I mean, 
I'm so forward looking to have an opportunity to sit with the president or stand with the president in debates. There can be plenty of time. And by the way, as I joke with them, you know, I I shouldn't say it. I'm going to say something I don't I I probably shouldn't say. Anyway, I am uh, I am very willing to let the American public judge my physical and mental my physical as well as my mental fitness. Oh, Joe, 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 that that, you know, I'm at the point now where I actually am rooting for Joe during these interviews. I really am. I, I don't I don't say that ironically. I really want him to get through it and perform well in the interviews. I don't want him to win the election, but just from the sheer weight of the of the secondhand embarrassment watching this, I, I I I want Joe to do well. I really am pulling for him. Um, though I watching this, I'm not really sure if it's de- if dementia is the problem versus drunkenness because he really came off like a like a drunk guy, especially in the first part of that interview. Where he's like, "Come on, man, come on, man." That that, that would be like me asking you. If you were taking cocaine, come on, man. <laughs> um, it's uh, it's it's bad. It's bad news, and this is this is. And, and here's the difference between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. We played that interview yesterday uh, of of Donald Trump, Axios, and it was. I mean. Uh, unless you have completely sacrificed your brain to partisanship, there's no denying that that interview was a disaster for Donald Trump. But, um, and he did stammer around around like he, he tends to do, and it was relatively incoherent. But it's, it's not incoherent in exactly the same way. There's sort of a difference. Where whatever else you say about Donald Trump, you don't, you don't really get the impression that he's plunging into senility. Even though he's not much younger than than Joe Biden, you don't you don't get that impression. For with his incoherence and his eccentricity, shall we say, it's just that's who he is. That's how we, that's how he's always been. That's just his personality, for better or worse. Uh, with Joe Biden, though, it's a very different sort of thing, as I think most people can tell if they're being honest. Number two, this was interesting. Kindergarten Cop, uh, the movie Kindergarten Cop, is now canceled. As we go through and belatedly purge all books, shows, movies, films that uh, might be offensive to anyone, anywhere, for any reason, Kindergarten Cop, the movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger goes undercover as a kindergarten teacher, I don't remember why he did. What was the reason for that? Was there, was, was one of the kindergarten students was like a, in a drug gang or something? He was trying to, but I, I don't remember. Um, anyway, that's now on the chopping block. It was supposed to be shown at a film festival in Portland. And it was pulled after activists complained about it, which really is not a surprise. I mean, it's a film festival in Portland. I would already assume that you can't show any movie in Portland unless it's a movie about a black transgender polygamist furry overcoming adversity and learning to embrace his sexuality. Um, As far as I know, there isn't any such movie. So I guess that's another way of saying you can't show any movie in Portland until someone makes that movie. And then that will be the only movie you can show in Portland. Um, but anyway, Kindergarten Cop got pulled. And, and get this, it's, the reason it got pulled is because it normalizes, it normalizes the police and it promotes the idea of having police in school. Uh, and, that's, and that's a very terrible thing, apparently. We don't want that. I was actually surprised by that because the moment I saw the headline of Kindergarten Cop getting canceled, I assumed they were dumping the movie because of this scene. Boys 
have a penis, girls have a vagina. <laughs> Thanks for the tip. What a transphobic bigot. Was that kid ever arrested? I hope so. Probably not, though. He's probably still prowling the streets, promoting, you know, biological science and thereby killing people somehow. Better do something about that. Uh, but no, that was that was not the reason that the movie was canceled. All the more reason to cancel it, of course. But uh, I guess no one no one noticed that. And by the way, the, the reason no one noticed it is because the people that are outraged by the movie clearly have never seen it. They just all they heard is the, the title, Kindergarten Cop, and that's all they needed to know. Number three, Jerry Falwell Jr., president of Liberty University, raised some eyebrows, as they say, when he apparently posted on his Instagram a photo of himself and a young lady um, on a yacht in revealing outfits, drinking what would very much appear to be alcohol. Uh, Here's the picture, which was deleted, but not before a reporter for the Houston Chronicle grabbed it and put it on Twitter. So there you go there. Um, You've got the young lady, unbuttoned mini shorts, the, the shirt hiked up. Falwell, too, horrifyingly, has his own pants unbuttoned and his midriff showing. And, and you know, now I, looking at this, really feel the urge to burn out my eyes with a soldering iron. Like I said, these pictures were deleted. Um, and from what I've read, this was on a yacht, some, some kind of, uh, or some other kind of boat, and was, was, was apparently a costume part. I'm not sure what costume this is supposed to be. And let me also point out that Falwell is 58 years old. And this really only proves my point that grown men, grown adults, should not wear costumes. Certainly not that costume, but really any costume. As, as a male, once you get over the age of like 10, uh, you're too old for costumes. And if you're a grown man, you're especially too old. Now, you can say that this isn't a huge deal, and it isn't in the grand scheme of things. But the problem is that he's the president of Liberty University. And Liberty has very strict guidelines and rules. And according to those rules, students could be fined or even expelled about five times over for taking that same picture. That's the issue. Um, he violates multiple rules that students can not only can be penalized for, but, but are penalized for, have been many times. The alcoholic beverage, uh, the outfits, students have faced very harsh penalties for exactly this kind of thing. And now you, you can you can say that, well, it's different because he's not a student and he's not on campus. Okay, fine. All right. But it is, to put it mildly, extremely poor leadership to go and do, not just do, but then publicize yourself doing the very thing you punish other people for doing. And, you know, I've never been a big Jerry Falwell fan, uh, to be honest with you, and for this reason, this is why. Christian frauds who enrich themselves, um, there's just something about those types that I don't like. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. It just, they, they rub me the wrong way. Number four, uh, there's been a lot of coverage recently of the QAnon conspiracy theories and, uh, you know, followers of Q. And just to be clear, a follower of Q is someone who's a follower of random trolls who post things on message boards claiming to be operatives in the government. Of course, no evidence is ever provided for any of these claims, and no one asks for it. They just follow along anyway. Um, that doesn't stop, you know, with the conspiracy theories, of course, that never stops anyone from latching on. Uh, and, but, but there's been a lot of coverage of this recently. 
the media is trying to gin up concern about QAnon. Uh, and, and this is not to be conspiratorial myself, but I think this is deliberate. The outlet Axios, which the ones who did the interview with Trump yesterday, they have an article claiming that QAnon is rising, becoming more prominent. This is what they say, uh, um, it, among other things. They say conspiracy theories tied to QAnon are growing more popular. There was more than 10 times as much Google uh, search interest in QAnon in mid-July than in mid-January, according to Google Trends data. QAnon pages and groups on Facebook had nearly 10 times more likes at the end of last month than they did in July uh, or last July. There has been a 190% increase in the daily average number of tweets with popular QAnon hashtags since March. Um, and the article claims parts of the mainstream Republican Party have latched on, helping drive its conspiracy, conspiracy theories mainstream. 11 QAnon supporters are now 2020 Republican congressional nominees. Uh, that I would have to look up myself before I would take them at their word on that one. But either way, two points to be made here. The first, as I said, I think there's a deliberate attempt right now by the media to make the QAnon people more visible. And the obvious reason to do this is to discredit conservatives and, by extension, Donald Trump. And this is one of the main reasons why I hate these delusional, idiotic conspiracy theories, um, because they make us all look like morons. You know, even though QAnon are in a tiny fringe, it doesn't matter. It's, it's embarrassing to all of us. The second point you know, the question always is, like, why do people go in for these kinds of conspiracies, especially one like Q that is so absurdly lacking in any supporting evidence whatsoever? And I think part of the reason for that, as I've been thinking about it, in fact, I was reading a book recently, not about QAnon, but that mentions this phenomenon called agent detection. And this is a phenomenon in all sentient creatures where, you know, animal or human assume we, we tend to assume that there's purposeful intention behind events that may or may not actually have purposeful intention behind them. And this is, a, this is an evolved capacity, and it's necessary for survival. You can see why. So, for example, a deer in the woods hears rustling in the leaves and runs off, assuming that the rustling was caused by a predator. Uh, could have just been the wind, but instinctively the deer assumes intent, assumes there's an intelligent agent behind the noise, and runs off. Uh, which you could see how that would aid in survival. We do this too. We hear a bump in the night, you know, at your house, and immediately you assume that there's an, an intruder, right? Even though almost always, for almost everyone, in almost every case, the noise has some innocuous cause, but it's a survival instinct where the first thing you think is someone's in the house. So sometimes people can have what's called hyperactive agent detection, where they're inclined to find intelligent and purposeful agency behind every corner, lurking in everything. And um, I think that's the problem with conspiracy theorists. Perfect example. I mean, you could, there are thousands of examples you could use, but perfect example of this, not from QAnon, but from a different conspiracy theory, the grotesque and horrendous Sandy Hook conspiracy theory. Uh, the claim that there was no massacre, it was all an act, and the parents of these murdered children are lying, okay? One of the lines of, quote, evidence for this was that an article was uh, posted after the attack, about the attack, but with a timestamp from before the attack happened. The conspiracy theories with their hyperactive agent detection jumped in and presumed that there was some sinister intention behind this, right? Some actual willful reason for it. 
Um, now there wasn't. Timestamps on the internet are often wrong. It's totally normal. There's nothing. There's nothing even very strange about it. And besides, what even would be the claim here? That the media was in on the conspiracy theory and knew that they were going to do this hoax, and um, and then posted an article about it before they even did it. Why would they do that? Just it doesn't even even on the conspiracy theories theorist theory, it doesn't make any sense at all. But um, even so. Not to mention the whole idea of having a conspiracy theory that is that wide-ranging, that includes all these government agencies and the media, and somehow everybody keeps the secret? No. Have you ever met a person? They're horrible at keeping secrets. The idea that hundreds of people in all these different industries could be involved in something like that and never tell anybody is, uh, is just another reason why the whole thing is absurd. But in any event, that's what Asian detection is. Conspiracy theorists see something that's kind of an anomaly or a coincidence or an unexplained detail, and they, in their heads, extrapolate this entire wild story that is purely an invention of their imagination, but they don't realize it because it's an instinct. And for them, it's an instinct gone, gone completely mad. Uh, or in any case, that is my theory to explain their theories. Number five, from, uh, from the BBC, German car maker Audi has apologized for an advert showing a, a little girl eating a banana in front of a high-performance car after it drew a torrent of criticism on social media. So <laughs> I almost feel like I don't have to read past that. that that's just all you need to know. Uh, they were, uh, it's a girl eating a banana next to a car, and that people were upset. I don't even, there's the, you can see the picture there. I, I can't even quite imagine, you have to be pretty creative. Speaking of agency detection, you have to be pretty creative to find a way to be, it wouldn't occur to me to be offended by that. And that's the one thing I respect about these politically correct whiners is that the one thing, they're very creative, just like the QAnon conspiracy theorists, actually. Very, they're creative as well, and I respect that. Uh, so very creative in finding, find something as, not, as innocuous as a child next to a car and you find multiple reasons to be offended by it. Uh, there's something, that's, a, that's an actual skill. I don't think it's a, it's a skill that really will do you much good in life. And certainly it's harmful to society, but it's a skill all the same. Let's go to our daily cancellation. Before we do, you know, I want to tell you about the most exclusive membership tier over the Daily Wire, which is All Access. All Access memberships features behind-the-scenes access to live streams and discussions with your podcast hosts, myself included, as well as uh, early or sometimes exclusive access to new Daily Wire products. As part of that, we have launched our new limited count collector's edition baseball bat in collaboration with Pillbox Bat Company. Only 100 bats are being made, and they're all going to be engraved with the individual number in the order, 1 through 100. So you want to get these now. This is the crazy bat part, okay? These bats were only offered to our all-access members, and they were sold out in two days. So if you don't want to miss out on exclusive products and offers, you should really join All Access at The Daily Wire. So I lied. I just said a second ago, you want to go now to get the bat. It's too late. You missed out. If you didn't do it, you missed out. What is wrong with you? This is why you have to listen to what I'm trying to tell you. Um, you also get exclusive access to live online discussions with our hosts, writers, and special guests, along with joining All Access Live, which is our exclusive live stream Q&As. Um, you can still get all of that. You didn't miss out on that. So you missed out on the, on the bat thing. You won't miss out on this. Go to dailywire.com slash Walsh, coupon code ACCESS to get 20% off your membership. Okay. Today I'm going to cancel Ryan Reynolds. Um, and in some ways, I hate to do it, to be honest, because prior to his cancellation, 
he probably would have been considered one of the last universally liked and likable celebrities. And there's not a lot of them left. We've got Regis. Well, he and he just died, so we lost him. Alex Trebek is battling cancer. Um, who else is there besides them? There was probably a time when you would have said, I don't know, Will Smith, but then he went off on the Scientologist deep end, so he's out. The Rock, maybe, but he, he's been canceled a few times recently. I don't remember why, but I know he has been. Um, you know, Tom Hanks has gotten too political. Who else is there? Denzel, I guess. Keanu Reeves. Betty White. A lot of people like. Is that it? Are we down to them? Uh, well, Reynolds is off the list now, unfortunately. Canceled because of this. Reynolds has apologized because he got married to Blake Lively at a former slave plantation eight years ago. Speaking to uh, Fast Company, this is what Reynolds says as, as, as he groveled and wept, presumably. He said, it's something we'll always be deeply and unreservedly sorry for. It's impossible to reconcile. We saw at the time, uh, what we saw at the time was a wedding venue on Pinterest. What we saw after was a place built upon devastating tragedy. Years ago, we got married again at home, but shame works in weird ways. A giant effing mistake like that can either cause you to shut down or it can reframe things and move you into action. If it doesn't, if it doesn't, uh, it doesn't mean you won't F up again. But repatterning and challenging lifelong social conditioning is a job that doesn't end. Uh, okay, first of all, he deserves to be canceled just for using the word repatterning. That's definitely not a real world word, but it's exactly the kind of jargon that I'm sure therapists in Hollywood use all the time. Repatterning. Second, um, he's canceled, of course, because this is a ridiculous reason to apology. The place he got married is called Boone Hall in South Carolina. You can take a look at some of the pictures here. If you're wondering why somebody would get married here, well, this is it. It's just a beautiful spot for a wedding. That's all. That's why you get married there. That, that's the whole reason. Despite its ugly history, it is now a quite beautiful place. And that would be a quite logical reason for a person to get married there. There's no reason for an apology. So what exactly is the thought process here? You can't get married at a place where bad things happened 150 years ago? And is, is it just slavery? What if other kinds of bad stuff happened? What if you're getting married in an old mansion that's now a wedding venue, but it used to be owned by a rich guy who beat his wife? Can you get married there? How far does this go? And how much research are you expected to do into the history of a place before choosing it as a wedding venue? How far back do you need to go? And is it just weddings? Can you you live in a place where bad stuff happened? I've lived in some very old houses uh, in, in, in my life, some going back nearly to slavery times. Was I supposed to check to see if if slaves were once kept in that house? And why? What what is the reason for that? Is the land cursed? Is this some kind of superstition where there's some kind of residual evil left over and lurking? Um, If you're not superstitious and and you don't believe that a a place can be cursed because of events that occurred there a long time ago, then what is the issue? It's just a place. It was used once for one thing, which was evil. Now it's used for something else, which is good. I don't see the problem. By the way, if we're ruling out all places where there were once slaves, that pretty much means we're all going to have to live, work, and get married in Antarctica. That kind of is all we've got left. Maybe uh, some spots like in the middle of the desert in Australia, maybe there. maybe the top of of Mount Everest, and certainly anywhere in the ocean. 
you know, if you want to just float out into the middle of the ocean. Make sure you're not on an old route where slave ships used to sail. But other than that, you know, um, and, and you don't want to stop on any, on any islands unless they're uninhabited. So I guess there are a few options. I, I guess I'm not being totally fair here. There are a few places. You've got Antarctica, Mount Everest, middle of the ocean, deserted islands, and deserts. That's five places. Not too bad. And Antarctica, I guess, could be a lovely place for a wedding. Might be a little cold for the doing the wedding, the, the photo shoot and all that. But yeah, to, that's completely reasonable, isn't it? Nothing wrong with that. No, there is something wrong with it. And uh, to apologize for that is cowardly and ridiculous and uh, many other things. So Brian Reynolds, unfortunately, is canceled for that. And it goes without saying, everybody that was actually offended by this, the people that precipitated this apology, are also canceled. And we'll leave it there for today. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for listening. Godspeed. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review. Tell your friends to subscribe as well. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, Michael Knowles Show, and The Andrew Clavin Show. Thanks for listening. The Matt Wall Show is produced by Sean Hampton, executive producer Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Our technical producer is Austin Stevens, edited by Danny D'Amico, and our audio is mixed by Robin Fenderson. The Matt Wall Show is a Daily Wire production, copyright Daily Wire 2020. Democrats refuse to condemn Antifa. The revolutionary communist party endorses Joe Biden, and even NBC News admits the mail-in ballots don't work. Check it out on The Michael Knowles Show.